Testing. Test. Yeah, so you're going to start with Rylan. Alright. Hello everybody, this is Rylan Flint. Hi, I'm Brian. Welcome to 3 Minutes of Meditation, Season 2. It's so good to be back. We've got a new microphone, and uh, it's, it's hopefully going to be a little bit better audio quality. Do you have any hopes for 2021, Ryan? Um, all of the hopes. I, there's there's none of the non-hopes in 2021. Well, I feel like a lot of the hopes is just not to repeat 2020, right? Yeah. There was some good things in 2020. I can't... Something good happened. Yeah, you know. You crossed the Mississippi. Uh, it, does, it still doesn't exist, but I did cross the fictional line that is the Mississippi. It was a lot smaller than I thought, but that's because we crossed up north. All right, so that was our attempt at an intro. It's so good to be back today. <laughs> what a what a great exciting start. We're on to uh, for those of you who are new to the show. Uh, it's called Three Minutes of Meditation because we meditate for three minutes on Namaste. Three topics, and we have three parts of that. We have the wiki welcome, the meta middle, and the current conclusion. And if you don't understand what that means, you'll understand if you listen to the rest of the show. So, getting into the wiki welcome, our first random Wikipedia article is William Milne. Melon? I Milne? can't pronounce. He's a politician, though. And, you know, politics is all the buzz today. And yeah, but you see where he's a politician from? Wasn't it Maine? Australia. Oh, Australia. They talk about throwing me for a loop here. I didn't realize other countries had politics. <laughs> I thought that was an American thing. Yeah, another great American invention. Uh, it appears as though he was both born in Scotland and not died in Scotland. I thought he was born in Australia. So he was born in Scotland in 1822 and then died, oh, get this, April 23rd, 1895. Why is that important? Because my birthday is April 23rd. Oh, and so now you feel a connection to him? No, he does have some cool ruffles going on. Um, I feel like in general, when we see these Wikipedia articles, we always just go to the the picture, the picture, and like their date of birth and death, and then we're just like, oh, so in this period of history. But like, isn't that really the two most important parts of someone's life is their birth and their death? I just completely disagree. When you're born, you have no idea what the fuck is happening, and when you die, you have no idea what the fuck is happening. Therefore, if you got it right. Yeah, I think the most important parts of your life are like the uh, well. They always say the three parts of your life that it doesn't you don't care about money is birth, death, and marriage. I think marriage is the best of those three. If I were yeah. to choose one, oh, that's fair. I think I would agree with that one. Well, Hold do you on. want to? Should we transfer on to the next article? I haven't really keeping track of time. We're gonna try and shoot for three minutes. Yeah, no, we're not even at three minutes yet. Oh. You're, you're rushing. I'm sorry. Well, we got to get off the I got, the second season nerves. I know. I, I'm just looking at this guy, and I'm thinking, Australia. What happens in Australia? There's kangaroos. There's, Formula One. Yeah, there wasn't a Formula One there this year, though. But hopefully next year. Oh, he was knighted. Which is weird, because can you be knighted if you're Australian? I don't think so, right? Yeah, it was a British colony. Oh! The British Empire was massive. Dude. Well, when did Australia become independent then? I don't know. 
Probably when it's America, they're like, ah, these guys know what to do. Plus, yeah, they still have like the convicts kind of there. Just, they're kind of milling around there. This guy's from South Australia. I don't know if that means it's cold there or what. I think there's people in South Australia. <laughs> I mean, that's where uh, Sydney is? Yeah, and Adelaide. And Tasmania, which is kind of cool. In cool. general, if I didn't go to Australia before I died, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right. Next article. Oh, boy. All right, and here we are. Our next article is the Barnwell Go House, uh, also known as Old Barnwell House, and it's in Beaufort, South Carolina. It's built in 1789. Fun fact about 1789, also the year The Constitution was signed. The Constitution was signed, yes. Were you going to say something else? Yeah, I was going to say something completely incorrect, but when you said that, I was like, yeah, what I'm about to say is completely incorrect. So <laughs> you Brian said saved the Declaration me. of Independence? No, no, no. I, I'm well aware of that one. Have you ever been to South Carolina? Yes. Drive yeah. through it. Yeah, you haven't Atlanta. been there, like, to just experience the state. No, I don't think I have to, though. <laughs> it does feel like, I would say eastern South Carolina is a lot like southern North Carolina, and I'd say western South Carolina. No. I, w- I would say northern South Carolina is North Carolina, and southern South Carolina is just Georgia. So what's interesting about this to me this Barbell Go House is that it says it was listed on the National Register of Historical Places in 1972, but there's nothing in the article describing why it is historically significant, which makes me wonder it if looks that's like... Wikipedia's feeling or the U.S. just like declared some random ass place and like historical monument. Why? I think why not? Yeah, it's true. I guess a lot of things became historical places in the 70s. Um, I don't know how stringent of a, a bar that is. Um, although, you know, anything from the 1700s is pretty old. So, I'd say that. By American standards. Yeah, in American standards. There's cathedrals in Europe that were built in, you know, like the second century or something. Well, I don't count Europe because it's also a fantasy place. Much like everything west of the You've Mississippi. You've been to Europe. Yes, I have. <laughs> Every, everywhere you go is fantasy? Except, Except North for here, Carolina. North Carolina, Virginia, Maryland are the only real places on this planet. Not Chicago, Pennsylvania. I don't know. I mean, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh. Well, you're you're going to Pennsylvania pretty soon, right? Yeah, within the next uh, soon days. <laughs> Dude, I like this picture though because you can see the South Carolina palmetto trees, and that's pretty big, just in like icon like iconism of South Carolina. Yeah, I feel like one of the main reasons why I want to travel is I spend so much of my life in one biome. It'd be just nice, you know. I want to see some That's savannah like, someday. Have you driven to Florida? Or do you only fly to Florida when you go down there? If you're going down there. I've only been to Florida like once. I'm pretty sure I flew. Okay, so when you drive to Florida, trees start to turn from like the normal, acceptable mid-Atlantic trees into palm trees. And it looks like a creepy Jurassic Park. Because half of it's normal real trees and half of it's palm trees. Not a fan. Not a fan at all. I sense some tree bias. Yeah, I'm not a huge palm Some trees is normal and others is non-normal because they don't conform to your... I'm not a big palm tree tree fan. Especially not when they mix with the right kind of tree. But, I mean, wouldn't you rather drink a mojito looking at a palm tree and not a fucking Douglas fir or pine? 
Well, the mojito, yes. yes. Yeah. But so there's a time and place for everything. That's, that's you know, generally pretty fair. All right, we're, we're moving on here to our last one. <laughs> oh, I'm a fan of this one. I don't even know who. The 2004 NBA expansion oh. draft. And I think we could really, we're really expanding on the North Carolina, the Carolinas here, because <coughs> it appears as though COVID. they expanded to the Charlotte, to include the Charlotte Bobcats. Oh, they did this because they added a team? Yeah. I thought they just like announced they were having another draft. No. And this appears in the Bobcats, you know, I don't know if this is when Jordan bought the Bobcats, but I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Um, they are really garbage, and they've been garbage forever. <laughs> I don't know. I guess La- I guess Lamelo is kind of good. So that's what they said about the Cubs. Yeah, but the Cubs were literally garbage for over a hundred years. So, <laughs> but then they they were just waiting. And then They're one year they the weren't showers, garbage, and then they came back. Yeah, you know what I'm thinking though is we always get these short articles, which is kind of good because if we got like lightning or something like that would be a, a, a 10 page article <laughs> oh we, yeah we, we already barely so. hit what's on the article and then we would just be totally lost we'd probably just look at the picture again be like, yeah yeah you know, it kind of looks like i will say for the folks out there listening at home which should be everybody um unless you're listening to this in the car or at work props to you if you're doing work right now big ups but um yeah, there's no photo, so we're going off of our limited knowledge of what basketball teams look like. Mm. Um, Mark Cuban comes to mind. Yeah, shouting at people and being a narcissist. I'm just thinking purely of um, Zion Williamson, the Zion oh, tank. Man, a tank. He is a, a large human being. Oh. There's a sports-related thing I'll say in the uh, current conclusion, but it's pretty okay. mind-blowing when I learned it today. We'll keep it. We'll keep it in the recent memories. Speaking of which, it's time for uh, the meta middle, which is more metaphysical, out there questions that Wikipedia doesn't really have the courage to answer. So yeah, let's be honest. We're out to get them ourselves. So my first question is on policy of government i feel like politics is uh, in the news a lot as i've said lately and but, australian politics oh yeah true but I, i've been thinking and it's not just like politics but also corporations you always hear about like they're tied like especially corporations they're tied to the next quarter and you know the next stock price that very short fleeting decisions time spans yeah. And it got me thinking, because I feel like everyone's, e- like, it's always easy to criticize short-term thinking, because sure. it's just, you know, a, a catch-all. But what is, like, the proper decision timeline to be thinking of for, say, the U.S. federal government? Because you don't want it to be 200 years, you know? Like, oh. you don't know what the fuck's going to happen. And you don't, certainly don't want it to be 2,000, because... Well, according to the Constitution... You're supposed to propose. You're supposed to propose and approve a budget every year. That tends to fail usually. fifty percent, sixty. No, probably like seventy. Usually, they pass stop gaps. But if you're talking about like adjusting the constitution, I don't know. There's only been how many twenty eight. But I mean, what, what I'd also say to that though is a lot of presidents come in um, with economic plans that span like ten years. You know, like they'll have tax cuts that um, 
change smoothly over 10 years, right? Like they want to get it down to say 20% tax rate or they want to get it up to like 40% tax rate, but they don't do it all at once because, you know, they listen to economists and like, yeah, that'd be stupid. But they do it on a 10 year plan. And then in US politics, usually we rotate parties. So there's a Republican as president and then you switch back over and then they, you know, you just never have the chance. This is really why NASA has struggled, you know, why we haven't been able to get back to the moon. It's because a shifting of goals, you know, like when Bush came in, it was, okay, we're going to the moon. And then Obama came in and it was like, okay, we're going to Mars. And then halfway through Obama, they're like, actually, we're going to go get an asteroid and land on an asteroid. And then Trump came in and Trump's like, no, we're going to the moon. And it's like, okay, well, someone needs to decide where we're going because currently we're going nowhere. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just a popular political point, like is saying going to Mars because everyone always remembers like when America went to the moon. I'd love to be in Mars, but not actually because it's looks hot and uncomfortable so you wouldn't want to go to mars but you'd like the idea of our country going to mars if yeah and if there was a disney world mars then i could be convinced to go (laughs) but i think that's the point is like it's just a popular catchphrase and it's also one of those things that like if you don't do no one like there won't be mobs in the streets demanding we go to mars because they're all like engineering nerds and you know they're just gonna Stay at home and oh, write code and. I have a. Are we? I don't know if we're gonna switch over to the next medical question. Question, but I have one like a quote to leave you, with this thought on this question. Uh-huh. It's a Ralph Waldo Emerson quote about consistency and thought, and it says, it's basically saying consistency, is the hobgoblin, of simple minds. Okay, well for my. Uh, that a middle question it's really it grew out of a smaller kernel of idea that that really developed um when i saw laskowski earlier today and it's really blossomed as i stare at his half-eaten bagel that's been left here in this room that we're recording in for who knows how long also there's a knife uh with what appears to be cream cheese but it kind of has solidified and really that just leaves me to ask you ryan what's your opinion on on just half-eaten food in general, and and would you ever leave a plate unfinished, or do you always clean your plate? Because, you know, my freshman sophomore year when I went to the dining hall, I always finished everything on my plate, and I don't know, like, I just subconsciously did it, but now, you know, thinking about it, it's kind of a... Well, as any good radio broadcaster does once they're asked a question i will say ryan that's a great question in fact that's <laughs> a fantastic question i'm so glad you called in and made us aware of your experience as a viewer and now i will proceed to answer your question whether it was stupid or not stupid <laughs> so food you know we have a lot of it in the world and a lot of it goes to waste and there's a lot of starving people. So that's true. Half eaten food, you know, if food isn't eaten, it should have been eaten. Right. That's a good point. But unless it was rotten or something like that. Well, then it shouldn't have been eaten because in it's general. no good. You know, this is what Ziploc used to do for its commercials. There'd be this guy who was grilling, right? He'd be flipping burgers. Yeah. And then every fourth burger, when he flipped it, he'd flip it like off the grill and into a trash can. Uh-huh. I thought it was a pretty powerful message because at the end they were powerful. like uh like quarter of American food is thrown away. 
Yeah, put it in a Ziploc. Put bag. it in a Ziploc. <laughs> Ziploc is doing nothing bad for the environment. I'll tell you that <laughs> right now. Yeah, but um, you know, plastic theoretically recyclable. In general, if you're gonna buy food, you should eat the food. This is also why, again, why I really, you know, I was kind of a liberal-minded um, political thinker. I was kind of upset when some of my fellow liberals were not adamant about GMOs or other things that they just thought were messing with the integrity of food, but like preservatives in food that um, preserve lifespan. You know, like you don't want to put fucking silicon dioxide or I don't even know what chemicals are harmful to the human body, but you know, GMOs that aren't going to be harmful. Yeah, I think they just get a, a very bad, mis- they're very misconceptioned. There's this idea that it's chemical, like, you're infusing chemicals with it when you're not. And everything is chemicals. You're just kind of speeding up the sol- the selective gene yeah. adaptation process. And when that's used for good, it can be used for a lot of good. Plus, dude, like, big-ass strawberries, so much more juicy. Oh, yeah. Satisfying. And they taste way better. Yeah, milkshakes from Sonic. Thank you. Um, but, yeah. Ultimately, Laskowski should have eaten his bagel, and therefore he's no longer allowed to eat GMO food. He has to eat things out of a can. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Alright, so we're coming into this this new century. I've got pretty good hopes for this century. I mean, I guess we're 20 years in, but... (laughs) We're one-fifth of the way into the century, yes. It's been a while since we've had a, a big world religion. You know, like on the scale of Judaism, Islam, Buddhism, Christianity. I'm wondering, you think if, if we're gonna get one of those in this century, or if we'll ever get another no, one? No, because people think they're cults. I think the closest thing. Well, we have Scientology, which is garbage. But it it, it hasn't achieved the scale of Judaism. No. I'm talking about a world religion. Well, yeah, Judaism kind of predates a lot of or most existing religions, except for Hinduism and Zoroastrianism which is very small, but, and, I mean, it does, and Judaism predates some Hindu sects, but not the, the overarching concept of Hinduism, but anyways, no, I don't think we're going to get anything like that, I think the closest thing we have is Mormonism, and I think that's the closest thing we'll have to, like, a growth of religion, it's just more division within Christianity, and I don't Islam. think I don't know if Mormonism is a world because like I would put Mormonism is a oh. Christian religion. Well, so, yeah, I it's guess, a division of Christianity. Yeah, I think you can get a lot more of those subsets. You know, is Christianity a division of Judaism or is it its own unique thing? It's its own unique thing, right? Yeah, I mean, I the central thing being Christ is a, a savior and part of the Holy Trinity, whereas the Jews view him as just another prophet. Right. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, Jesus is kind of a controversial figure just because of his legacy, but not because of the person he was in Judaism. Do you think Jesus existed? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, like, a general consensus that he was some sort of prophet, at least within Islam. He's actually a pretty significant prophet in Islam. In Judaism, he's considered kind of one of the later ones where they're... Um, not as in touch with God specifically as, as the, like Moses and Jacob and the prior ones, but more like, 
and understanding what modern Judaism would become. Yeah, and I think it's I I I'm kind of in the mind to agree with you that I don't think there will be another large world religion unless human society like kind of goes back into another dark age like a large yeah. sect of it collapse and i think the reason for that is we educate so many people now like world literacy is like 99 percent or something like that and most yeah. people go through at least primary schooling and i think the more educated you are um the harder like the more you can critically think and the less you're prone to just faith ruling your life when the and, you know, faith is important in some things I think, yeah, I think we're stuck until when the aliens come down and start preaching their religion, then we're going to have to be in trouble. It'll be an alien inquisition. But I think the reason that the world religions we have now will prevail for much longer than some academics like Charles Darwin predicted is there's so much mysticism tied up in it that you can't, you like, you can't disprove something that was 2,000 years ago. Like, you know, we were just talking about, I, I, I think Jesus existed. There's just too much. I think it's interesting. If you look at it as like Christianity, like it's kind of interesting how Christianity grew up with this Western idea of thought. It's kind of like the metaphor I'm thinking is like putting dyes in a flow path. So like if you have a wind tunnel and you're using colored smoke or something, or you have like a, a water flow tunnel and you're using colored um, ink, and, like, Christianity just so happened to catch the flow that was prevailing in a way that would eventually take over the world. Yeah, like, Constantine played a huge role. Probably as close to Jesus in like, Christianity. Because you see how close Islam gets to potentially being what Christianity is, but they didn't have the driving factor of the Western civilization yeah. that Christianity had. Well, I, th- I think they did. It's just they missed the... Because the world population has been growing exponentially, and Islam hit its stride in like you know the 13th century to like the 15th, like they got driven yeah. out of Spain in 1492. So, you know they hit it coming close, but Europe got it in its upswing right around then when they took right. over everything for the next 500 years. I think that's a good point. It's definitely had to have been a turning point within it. Yeah, so uh, the Islam hit a rise. I think they just hit it at the wrong time for them to become dominant. Well, that was a riveting discussion about Christianity versus Islam <laughs> as a world religion. But should we uh, should we jump into the... Um, Current conclusion. Yeah. Yeah, I think we probably got like... Oh, we got like a solid 10 minutes, you know? Yeah, we just talk about life in this section. I think the biggest topic is, uh, is your, your race this weekend. Yeah. First race in a year. The only person to probably race consistently this spring in this house of competitive runners. Yeah, hopefully, barring positive COVID tests, I'll be competing in two days. I don't. I don't know if Brian will have released this or not by then, but should be a lot of fun. Still have to pass two more COVID tests and do a lot of isolating. Um, You'll but be yeah. competing against the might of oh, Rutgers yeah. and this Penn This is State. the yeah oh this this triangular meet is the meet of what I have been terming the real Big Ten, which is Rutgers and Penn State and us Maryland, mm-hmm. because it really is the only Big Ten schools that matter in the grand scheme of things. Michigan, they Wisconsin. Don't, no. What are those places? What's the one like? 
Dakota or Iowa. Iowa, so, yeah. Oh, Iowa, yeah, fuck Iowa. Not no. Dakota. I don't, I don't, I don't think anything in the Dakotas. <laughs> For now. <laughs> but yeah, I think, uh, do, do you feel a burden from being the only person in this house, do you feel like you have to show up for the rest of us in this house that are... No, I, I feel pretty... Um, independent. Yeah, I don't feel like a lot of pressure has been put on me in this house. I think largely because most people in the house aren't aware or just don't particularly... Haven't placed a lot of stock in it, so that's helped. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so you want to keep it that way? Yeah, we'll keep it on the DL. Just going out and running with the healthy uh, femur. And yeah, speaking of saying healthy, way. I was I've been injury free for so long. And well, when you fell off the rock, does that count? No, yeah, that was like a year ago. Okay, but and then today it's recovery run, just chilling, going along, chilling, and then like six miles, seven miles in, like my Achilles really started flaring up. I'm just like, why? Where, where, where like, did that come from? Yeah. And so I had to like walk with, I think it'll probably be fine in a few days. But. I got a question. I saw you running with a buff and I'm just, where are you out on the buff? Were you wearing that because you were cold or were you wearing it for the COVID reasons? And like, Both, where are yeah. you at with wearing um, buffs or masks when you run? I think you're the person who's kind of, I've been pretty consistent with wearing it. Um, some people in the house haven't worn them at all and you kind of bounce back and forth. Yeah. Depending I mean, on the mood. In general, I think this is just kind of like perfect buff weather. I have a good enough head of hair that I don't really need a hat if it's like above 38 degrees or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the buff is good. The buff, the long sleeve, the gloves, and the yeah. shorts, that's a look. It's tough. It's uh, tough. Uh, also, yeah, I think in general, if I if I know I'm going to run into a good amount of people, I'll just I'll bring one along. Um well, what do you look for in the buffs now? You don't use the actual, like the skiing ones anymore, right? Because they are too thick. Or are you well, using the Nerka buffs, ones? No, I mean, a buff is a buff. I think a, the skiing thing that goes around your neck, I always call it a babaclava. Um, but yeah, I mean, those, I don't see anyone wearing those. Those are like... I'm talking about the one like you were wearing in the summer that got really soaked down with sweat and water. Oh... Oh, that? No, that's another buff, too. It's just a little bit thicker. I guess it was a little more winter-oriented. But, yeah, in general, you know, we kind of started this podcast, like, in the pandemic, and, uh... Well, we must... No, we must have started it prior to the pandemic. Yeah, we started a little bit prior. Just before. But it really blossomed. Yeah. Around the time the pandemic was starting. We really have only known... Our listeners have only known the pandemic. (laughs) And, and... you, it might be, I mean, at least you'll be leaving probably before it's over. It's over. Yeah, it's so tragic. The, the podcast will die with the pandemic, and, you know, we're excited for one and sad for the other. Well, but. yeah. Well, let me, let's think of other in current, you know, since season one ended, what really has happened? What's been going on that... That our listeners should know. We've really branched out. We have listeners in the Czech Republic and... Oh, yeah. I still don't know how much I believe that. I feel like oh, maybe... Oh, I could Andrew... get his listeners in the Czech Republic. I feel like Stash might Republic. be bouncing his location. 
to other countries just trying to hype us up i feel like he's been awaiting season two and he's like how do i get a season two i just gotta scam these people into thinking that people from thailand and all of that if you're from another country and you thought you were getting a podcast about meditation and you've lasted this long um send us an email (laughs) Uh, my email is rflint1 at umd.edu just go ahead shoot me an email with a I listen to it and I love your podcast. I would. That's Flint F L I N T. Yeah, I would. Yeah, go I mean, ahead. What I like to classify it as is active meditation, right? Like yeah, this really is we're, monk we're, meditation, but yeah, we're stressing the mind in a positive way. Yeah, we're getting you to think. Thinking is important. Not as important as like breathing. Acting. Well, breathing. Breathing is pretty high up there. Breathing is one of those things that you need to do. But. You know, we all have choices. You could choose not to breathe. That wouldn't get you very It'd far. It'd be very though. difficult. Maybe you could do that at the start of your race. That'd be... Dude, that'd be pretty intimidating. <laughs> would Just be... turn to the other guy and be like, yo, hold your breath for the first lap. You won't. That would He'd probably, probably look over at one point and your, your, your face would be a bright red. And then you'd start... <laughs> <laughs> just going into that would not be ideal i don't think that would end well at all you think you'd get cut if you did that no i just don't. i think i would get a stern talking to you coach friends what are you doing i'm sorry coach i would just be really <laughs> sad <laughs> the whole thing what are the chances that you break the current year record in the 3k like the weekend? 2021 record yeah um Actually, that's a good that's a good point. So, I think very unlikely. Well, it's unlikely. You have to win your race first. Yeah. Well, it's unlikely because I'd have to run fairly quickly. But <laughs> it's it's only because all of the Big Ten teams are are racing this week, and you wouldn't really know unless you ran something impressive. Um, so, like aside from us, Michigan is doing a triangular, I believe. Indiana is going to Nebraska with someone, Illinois or Minnesota or somebody. So everybody's having like these triangular meets. So you'll definitely see some of the big boys racing. Um, and then I'd have to win, obviously. But I'm not scared of Rutgers. Penn State? I'm scared of Penn State. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in a positive, encouraging way. Did they send you a scouting report like for this weekend? No. No. Uh, we don't really know. Everything's pretty fluid, I think. We don't really know what the deal is. Mm-hmm. Is the sense of the team kind of like, it's not like, I mean, I feel like Maryland track has never been like super competitive, but is it even fun. less so now? Outwardly, of... it seems that way. And from a distance perspective, we certainly aren't um, like a Wisconsin or a Michigan. But from the sprints in the field area, they're like, they're definitely there to show up, and they, I mean, I think most of the people who were bringing in those events could win on any given day at this meet in particular. I think for, it's a little different depending on groups. For the throwers, I mean, they're incredible, so I think they're just getting a chance to show themselves. But is that feeling at all changed since start of spring track last year? Because you were around then, too, right? Um... I think it's very similar in that we're going we're gonna show up, do our best. Um, Maryland will probably have a you know, a strong showing like we usually do, except for 
um, because of the pandemic, no one really knows what's going to happen. So it's kind of just playing that by here. But otherwise, it's kind of a similar mentality. I, think we, I mean, we're, we're going to look pretty good for sure. I think Drake, I don't know for sure who's competing, but Drake has been looking really strong in the hurdles, and he had a very good performance last year. Um, they have Aaron, Max in like the six or five or four, whatever ends up happening in that kind of level. I don't know where they're going to race, but um, they'll be pretty competitive. So, Is this the, the banked track? Yeah, this State? is Penn State's oh, okay. banked track. And is there, are you allowed to spectate or you just like show up, race and leave? That's just pretty interesting. So the girls are going to race first mm-hmm. and we, we won't be there. And then we'll come in and we'll race and we'll be allowed in the building. Oh, okay. Um, spaced out. But we'll all be in the stands, obviously only three teams, so we'll be spaced out, and then they'll use the green space for your warm-ups, which I'll probably just go jog outside. But that's how the, the meet will play out. Um, if you test positive, they're going to hire you a car and drive you home, so hopefully that doesn't happen. You spare no expense. I'll, I'll give Athletic College that. Oh, no, I mean, I have to be 100% grateful to the people of Maryland Athletics who've shown a lot of willingness to try and get us on the competing, you know, which is, you know, based on past the way that cross country has been treated and that it no longer exists. <laughs> it's been a welcome surprise. Yeah. A proposition for Pines. Bring, Bring back, back cross country. <laughs> Goodness gracious. All right, we'll end it there. I uh, hope everyone's looking forward to season two. Have any closing remarks, Ron? Um, no, it's good to be back. All right. See ya. Good luck this weekend.